Welcome to the Wealth Experience podcast series where our subject matter experts provide the latest updates on what's happening in the world around us. Brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Good day, everybody. My name is Sylvain Brisbois, and I'm a senior vice president and national sales manager with BMO Private Wealth. Today, I'm joined with Brian Belsky of Gentleman Who Needs No Introduction, of course, BMO Capital Markets Chief Investment Strategist. Brian, 2020 is behind us finally, uh, a year that was far from normal for so many reasons, and we now begin a new year, and with that comes a new outlook on the markets and the world around us. We always appreciate your outlook on the future, but especially at strange and challenging times like these. So thank you for taking some time with us today to share your thoughts, and on that, let's begin. Markets have recovered strongly since March of 2020. That's been well documented. Uh, relative to forecasted earnings, do you think the markets are ahead of themselves here? It's a great question, and uh, thank you so much for having us. Uh, there's a formula uh, in the markets, mark stocks lead earnings, which lead the economy. And it's uh, something that I think a lot of people uh, have struggled with, with this quote-unquote uh, disconnection with respect to Main Street and Wall Street or Bay Street, for that matter. And I think too much has been kind of played into that. Uh, Sylvan, because again, uh, we are, have been, I'm sorry, experiencing unprecedented times. And, and I think what investors probably should realize is that this quote unquote return to normalcy that I think everybody sorely needs and actually really wants in 2021 is not going to be as easy as everybody thinks, meaning we're not going to be living our normal lives, uh, I think, as fast as everybody would like to in the markets are actually showing. So I do think that that uh, it's dangerous to say that markets are ahead of themselves, uh, especially given the fact that markets in North America, especially in 2020, had, had more net outflows of assets than inflows. And we continue to see massive inflows into the fixed income markets uh, in, in North America. So in terms of being ahead of it, we go back to the formula, stock lead earnings, which lead the economy. Stocks are doing their typical and traditional uh, forecasting and leading on what's happening. Uh, but earnings actually could be a lot better than most people think. And that's part of our call for both Canada and the United States in 2021, that earnings are going to be better. So if, in fact, earnings are going to be better still than potentially the economy could be better as well, which could ultimately bring additional credibility on how strong stocks have been. Fantastic. At the um, in the in the spirit of time, we'll get back to comments on on targets and and your expectations for 2021 near the end of this uh, recording. But I want to put you in the hot seat this morning a little bit. We've had many calls with you to speak about the general. Uh, markets. I want to speak about um, specifics this morning, if that's okay. Uh, and on that, I would, I would speak to the 5G technology. We're going to see demand grow expe- exponentially, I think, for bandwidth. And I wonder what the implications and your views are on the price of copper uh, in the broadband uh, cable market. And has the recent appreciation for copper uh, already priced that in? Any comments on, on that? A uh, great question. You know, copper just isn't about bandwidth either. It's kind of, I like to call it a bits and pieces type component to overall technology, whether or not it's semiconductor chips or even Tesla for that matter. And so base metals is an area and and metals in general that we've been bullish on for a while. Copper has been one of the better performing 
uh, metal so far in 2021, uh, and we think that the, the, the increased demand will, will proceed um, as these other fundamental factors with respect to well, whether or not you mentioned in terms of 5G uh, or sol- solar in the new green deal that Mr. Biden is going to be un- un- unwinding in terms of clean energy. So I think the demand for copper is pretty consistent. And that that call, by the way, uh, is consistent with our great commodity strategist um, in BMO Capital Markets. So we can see continued pricing for copper to be strong. Okay, very good. Uh, and speaking of commodities, uh, commodities, we've talked a lot about electronic, uh, electric vehicles, uh, and and those are going to be here to stay. Can you comment on that that technology and the market, and and perhaps uh, lithium, nickel, and and even the price of oil if it if it gets left behind to some extent? Well, we've had a, a bit of a recalibration with respect to the price of WTI here, uh, mostly because of supply factors beginning to uh, tighten up here a little bit. In terms of, of, of the fundamental factors driving oil, we still think uh, supply outstrips uh, demand. So we could see a bit of a pullback. And there has been, from a commodity perspective, maybe some quote unquote short coverings as the price has been pushed higher. But clearly uh, with this notion of electronic cars and again, uh, cleaner energy and the like, uh, that will put, we believe, uh, continued downward pr- uh, pressure on oil. But still, there's great companies in Canada and the United States that have spent a lot of money uh, in, in names like Suncorn, CNQ, and Trap, and, and Enbridge have spent a lot of money on renewable um, uh, research. So, again, they're going to be at the forefront of, of some of this. But I do think that, that again, uh, you're going to see continued diversification in terms of leadership uh, in the markets. And so the material sector in Canada are going to play a big part of that in terms of nickel and silver and copper uh, and the like, in terms of batteries and the like. But it's not just going to be about uh, about new cars and batteries. It's going to be about global synchronized growth improving over the next few years. Not so much in 2021, Phil, but I think that's the call from a broader perspective over the next five to 10 years. Okay, very good. And, and the trends for the next to five to 10 uh, are going to be interesting in real estate as well. I think everybody can acknowledge that working from home is going to be here to stay in some form or other. Uh, do you like companies like Collier's and Brookfield and Cadillac Fairview? Uh, and how do you deal with these uh, in this environment with, uh, I would say, a little bit of uncertainty what the next five or 10 years might hold uh, in terms of real estate demand? Yeah, we still own Brookfield uh, in the portfolios that we run um, for the Wealth Management Channel in Canada, exquisitely managed company. We do not own the other two, uh, so I can't speak to those in particular. But you know, there can be um, a case made still that you're going to start to see uh, new capacity uh, constraints and then rebuilding of offices. Uh, we like to joke about the whole open concept of floors and the like. Well, we could be going back to old school offices uh, as people become more comfortable in terms of going into an, uh, a traditional office setting. Uh, than cubicles, so that would and that would actually entail uh, actually new uh, supply coming in and recalibrating offices. So we like Brookfield from a longer term perspective, just because of of how that company is managed. Okay, fantastic. The last time we were doing uh, recordings like this, um, I think we had clarity on 
the U.S. Uh, election outcome. Uh, what wasn't clear at the time was the Senate. And I think, generally speaking, the Republicans were expected to be leading a couple of months ago. Uh, it looks right. like that has changed. Does that change your, your way of viewing the world a little bit, if, if the Democrats are uh, a little bit stronger in, in U.S. politics here? No, it doesn't, still, And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, for several years, uh, we've been opining uh, in our research work that politics has nothing to do with the absolute performance of the stock market. It's really the, what the economy is doing and what's happening fundamentally. And I think uh, too many people, uh, based on our conversations with clients or, and customers around the world, were focused on the quote-unquote um, blue wave of democratic control in two out of the three um, branches of government in the United States, which looks like now that is an official um, standing uh, thanks to the uh, runoff election uh, in Georgia. So I think too many people are holding, uh, giving politics too much credit with respect to policies. There's clearly going to be an impact on taxes uh, and regulation uh, going forward. But given this unprecedented time, it's our belief from an investment strategy standpoint at BMO that that Mr. Biden is going to focus on COVID and COVID first uh, and, and additional prevention and additional stimulus uh, with respect to the other platform issues that typically coincide with a, a more democratic slash liberal platform. I think it's going to take a little bit longer for those to literally uh, be implemented as such. I think that the markets uh, have got it right that that's why uh, you're seeing higher prices. Okay, thank you very much on that. I'm going to change gears a little bit here. Um, and Brian, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, most strategists, your colleagues across North America, um, do good work, but not many of them run actual money. You run portfolios, and clients are investing real money in them. You're launching a new publication uh, on a new portfolio, a SMID cap portfolio. That might be a new term for some of our listeners. Uh, could you expand on that, and and why are you launching now? Am I right to assume also that that could be a portfolio available to uh, to our listeners at some point here? Yes, thank you for mentioning it. We actually published on the portfolio in December, given the fact that we are FINRA registered analysts, meaning I have several uh, different licenses in the United States, and we have to publish a research report first before the portfolio can officially be launched. Our partners in U.S. Wealth are going to be launching this portfolio uh, for our BMO Wealth uh, clients in the United States over the next 30 to 90 days, and we're hopeful that something could also develop in Canada. SMID means small and mid-cap companies. Uh, so anywhere from $500 million up to uh, $10 billion is kind of the range that we're looking at for this portfolio. Typically and historically, we run portfolios uh, as many as 40 to 50 stocks at the most. This portfolio is going to be 75 given the risk perspective. That is a little bit higher in, in small mid-cap stocks. So, and I think the messaging from us would be this, is that we believe that the market in general, the stock market in Canada and the United States is going to be a lot more diversified. Uh, and as we start to see broadening out of fundamental strength, you want to have some exposure in your longer-term equity holdings of small and mid-cap companies. So the, the, the premise of, of the portfolio is we're going to be overweight sectors that we want to be in for the next three to five years, namely communication services, technology, and consumer discretionary, with a particular focus on the near-term in areas like financials uh, and industrials. And that's why we are positioned accordingly in the portfolio that we have already published uh, in December. Wonderful. So uh, advisors will be taking care of, of uh, reading through that research, I think, in, in the near term. 
Um, let's talk about the targets here to finish uh, the call uh, today. Uh, for the end of 2020, uh, and correct me if I'm uh, off on this a little bit, but the, the S&P closed at 37.56. Your target was 36.50. That's remarkably close. I can tell that to the audience. Uh, this is a, not an exact science, and, and uh, despite the year that we had, uh, you came in pretty close on the TSX in, in Canada. Uh, we finished at 17,433. Your target was 18,200. So can you speak about uh, the proximity to, uh, to the targets uh, that you were able to, uh, to achieve there? Uh, and also perhaps uh, comments on where you expect the uh, U.S. S&P 500 and the TSX to finish in 2021. Well, start there. Uh, and thank you for your comments. We're, we're obviously flattered and humbled uh, by that. It, it, it takes time and it takes the, it's a process and it's a discipline that we have carved out now. It's, I'm entering my 31st year on Wall Street um, this year and we've uh, published nine uh, forecasts uh, on Canada since we've been at BMO and 23 forecasts uh, on the S&P 500 in the United States. So our forecast for 2021 respectively are 4,200 in the U.S. in terms of the S&P 500 uh, and 19,500 in the TSX. We actually think the TSX uh, could, could outperform the U.S. given those numbers uh, as a catch-up trade. The TSX at the end of the year kind of went uh, on a very short-term basis with the other direction relative to the U.S. We think that's just because the U.S. has been more, much more of a momentum play um, and we do believe that the, the catch-up trade in terms of, of Canada providing value, if you want some U.S. exposure, uh, increased U.S. exposure. Remember, the majority of, of growth and earnings that we're seeing in Canada is really tied to the U.S., so that's why we want to expose the names in Canada that are really more exposed um, to the U.S. Uh, uh, with respect to our targets last year, we, you know, we suspended them in March, brought them back um, in August, where we moved our target from 3,400 to 3,650 on the S&P 500. So we, we were kind of positioned to underpromise and, and over-deliver in the U.S. In Canada, we really thought we'd see even more of a catch-up trade, and it looked like it was going to uh, do that. Uh, we got pretty close, and again, you know, we're blessed and fortunate to have a great team uh, and a process and a discipline that has uh, proven uh, to work over time. That's wonderful. As we're recording this call, the TSX is a little over 18,000, and, and so... Um, perhaps a couple of weeks more is what you, uh, you required. I say that with a smile because uh, to the audience, that is a remarkably uh, accurate forecast. Thank you for that. And Brian, as always, we wish we had more time to expand on these targets. We want to keep these calls relatively brief. And so we will continue to deal with an unprecedented nature of 2020 uh, into 2021 and the challenges and opportunities that that might bring. But we do value your perspective and above all, the work that you do to help us make better informed decisions for our clients. And as always to our clients, you're encouraged to reach out to, our, to your wealth professionals, I should say, for deeper conversations on any topic you wish to discuss. In the meantime, everybody, please take care of yourselves, be well, and until next time, thank you for listening, and thank you again, Brian. This podcast series has been brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Please join us again.